WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Wednesday, September 20th. It is indeed Kale and Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Always live on the free Odyssey app and, of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210 WPHT. I am at Nick Don Stenzlin with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Daniel Valdez, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers, middle of the week, it's a Wednesday, that means Bruno will be here, Tony B live from Florida coming up at 8.20 this morning. Dawn, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Happy Wednesday. Yes, indeed. Almost there, people. Before you know, it'll be Friday, and the weekend will be upon us yet again, Gregory. It's only Wednesday. Oh, man. You get the Krasnerland shirt on today. I do, uh-huh. yes. Pimping rocking out more merch. T- rocking out some merch this yeah. morning. You, uh... Kind of like that, actually. 1210 WPHT to get all the uh, merch. Yeah. There you go. A little chilly this morning. Mm. Yes. Big take this morning focusing on police. We will get to that. And before we get to the cut sheet and obviously Bruno, we have an unbelievable amount of stories that just are almost so absurd, I can't believe they actually exist. Really? But then again, after 11 months of this show, I should not be surprised. No, you shouldn't. Because this insanity is everywhere. And also, when it comes to the Bidens, fear and anxiety within the family and within the party. We will get to that. And also some good news on the GOP front, including one lady who is now looking super, super electable. No, it's not Lauren Boebert. It's Nikki Haley. We will tell you about that as we continue. But before we get to all of that, let's get to the news. Round number one, 6.05, Wednesday morning, and the great Dawn Stensler. And good morning this Wednesday morning, September 20th. Yes, it is chilly, 59 degrees. I'll tell you how hot it's going to get today. We have tragedy at Temple. A vigil will be held noon today to honor Temple University's acting president after her sudden death, Joanne Epps, passing away shortly after she fell ill on stage, collapsing during an event yesterday afternoon. She was rushed to Temple University Hospital nearby where she was pronounced dead. This happened 3.15-ish yesterday afternoon. No word on what caused her death. A doctor speaking at the news conference that was held yesterday said she suffered a, quote, sudden episode. So there will be this vigil held today at the university's bell tower at noon. And the university, of course, saying the entire Temple community is invited. Uh, She was Temple's former law school dean and provost, named to the post back in April following the resignation of controversial Jason Weingard, the university's first African-American president, resigning in March after you know, leading the university only since 2021. But um, uh, Joanne Epps, certainly well-known 
and beloved. Yeah, my sister sent me that text around oh. around three thirty with a link to one of the local outlets that had it, and I was uh, so sad. I was kind of shocked, just out of the blue. It it really was, and seventy two years old. Um, like I say, at a at an event, no one knew that she had any types of health problems. Was she battling something? So many people, you know, wondering what happened there. You said uh, provost for the law school as well. She she had been yes. So wow. she she had been, and then okay. when you know when the controversial you know departure yeah. of Wingard left. Then she just took over. The Temple University Beasley School of Law, very famous for yeah. rejecting my application in 2005. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we'll wait. We'll, Way to bring a tragedy back to you. Yeah, it always comes friend. back yeah. to me. I, I have to make it about me. Yeah. He's that guy, like at the funeral. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, yeah I tried to get into Beasley School of Law. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we don't accept our own here. Uh, also in Philadelphia yesterday, and we we had reported that there was a court appearance yesterday of Mark Dial that had been scheduled. He's the Philadelphia police officer who was charged in that deadly police shooting of Eddie Irizarry. So because D.A. Larry Krasner, in an unprecedented historic move, has charged this on-duty officer with first-degree murder in that traffic stop shooting, because it's a first-degree murder charge, the judge revoking the bail for the officer who will spend, who will be behind bars until next week when his attorney, Brian McMonagle, fights for to lower that charge. Well, I think McMonagle's going to have a field day with this one. Brian, Mc, in my humble opinion, I mean, Brian McMonagle is arguably, you know, one of, if not the best attorney for a case like this, especially in Philadelphia. Sure. And nationally renowned. Mm -hmm. He has a great attorney. Yes. And so McMonagall speaking out, saying never in history, this kind of charge, first degree, this should not be. So he will vigorously fight to get that first degree murder charge dropped Mm -hmm. and then get Officer Irizarry out of jail. Okay. So we're we're following. Dial uh, had been on the uh, police force for five years and facing a number of charges involving including voluntary manslaughter. So uh, I will mention to you as well, the debris field um, found outside Charleston, South Carolina yesterday is confirmed, or Monday, I should say, is confirmed to be the remains of that F-35 that we've talked about that went missing Sunday after a reported malfunction or mishap. So the jet's pilot ejected from the craft, and that's according to uh, the Marines' So the overall recovery process continues, but we had we had talked about that yesterday, and I know Representative Nancy Mace of South Carolina had spoken about it. So we've seen a lot of things come out of the sky in yeah. South Carolina: right? the F thirty five, the Chinese spy balloon. It's a very interesting area where things just come, uh, you know, out of the sky, yeah. so to speak. We don't know. We we don't know the cause of that one or what the heck happened. I just love the headline I saw on on Monday. Uh, the government asking uh, Americans if if they see anything with the F thirty five to let us know. Yeah, we will let the government know where your F thirty five is. That's really reassuring as a nation. <laughs> and our um, Phillies, after an, an exciting win with all those home runs day before yesterday, eleven strikeouts. 
Yeah. yeah, I watched about five innings of that game. Why they continue to pitch to Ronald Acuna Jr., yeah. it just blows my blows my brain away. And Spencer Strider just has the Phillies number. Yeah. He, he just does. It's going to be, it, you know, if they get that far, it's going to be ugly in the I got, I got I got ripped on Twitter last night because I, I said, as the Braves are about to go to 8-4 and four on the yeah. year against the Phillies, I'm like, I still think we have a solid chance to beat them in the play. Oh, do you, have you watched the... T- Trust me, Atlanta, you think Philadelphia <laughs> chokes it up sometimes? The city of Atlanta is known for choking. Don't don't rule the Phillies out in a playoff series against them. You know, know what I'm saying? You know what's funny, Don, is that ever since you know I'm I'm constantly on Nick for not not uh, leaving his political takes not for Twitter but for the uh, yes. for the show. Uh, now his timeline is all sports. <laughs> so it is just it's he's he's taken my advice, but now he's just tweeting about sports. I need less sports. <laughs> and uh, why don't you tweet about the weather? And by the way, uh, how many comments do you think you're going to get today for wearing uh, that Alabama first, shirt? First thing I said to Dorenzo, he goes, "Oh, you're wearing the Bama polo today." I go, "Yeah," and I guarantee you the YouTube chat will say, "Why are you wearing a Braves polo?" Yeah, you're going to get called out on the YouTube chat for wearing that. Dis- dis- disclaimer's been laid out, folks. See, he's from Atlanta. He worked in Atlanta, and now he's I, a Braves fan. He's uh, not really one of us. I do have one Falcons T-shirt. I must oh, say, oh boy, but I'll never wear that here. Well, the Phils lost nine three. Yeah. So we wrap up the series in Atlanta this afternoon, twelve twenty. A twelve a twelve twenty. Wow, oh. nice. So get her done, get yeah. home, move on. Yeah. Get up from the nap, fourth right. inning. Oh, oh go. for God. They're just infuriating. Nap. It's just infuriating. <laughs> I dream of a nap. Yeah, me too. Uh, let's uh, let's look at the NBC 10 first alert forecast. So an, we're in this pattern right now through tomorrow, and that is we have, we're in the 50s overnight and the upper 50s when, when we're here this morning. We're going to heat up to 77 degrees, bright sunny skies, still feels crisp and autumn-like. Much of the same tomorrow, mid-70s tomorrow. Unfortunately, Friday, a new pattern that's not so good begins. So the rain begins Friday, Saturday, washout. <sighs> Sunday's the better weekend oh, day. Great, great. I'm going to have my daughters this weekend, and I was oh. thinking of taking them to my sisters and going swimming, and it'll be yeah. 70 and rainy. Yeah, that's right. not. Yeah, yeah not Saturday, happen. not so good. Yeah, good. <sighs> Kale and so. Company News Live. Find, right. find a Y or something. You can, I am. You can go I am. indoor swimming. Oh, you know what? Take her to uh, take the girls to the Greater Plymouth Community Center. Yeah, there you go. There you go. So Dawn always has the solution. <laughs> always has the solution. That's where my Michael's a lifeguard. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Six thirteen Wednesday morning. Let's get to another midweek big take. The big take on Kale and Company. All right. The big take this morning: prioritizing police protection. I've seen enough. I've read enough. I've heard enough. You know, enough with the disregard for police officers. I'm not going to tolerate the demoralizing and demonizing and destruction of law enforcement officers anymore in this post-George Floyd world that we live in. The defund the police movement has caused enough hardships with the blatant disregard for officers' physical well-being, protection, and any absurd social justice stigmas that have been placed upon them by the left. I want to focus in on two stories this morning here with police and physical harm inflicted upon them. Yesterday, Dawn gave you the story locally in the news at 6 and 7 o'clock in the morning, and the headline from 6ABC reads, Driver wanted in crash that injured Morrisville police officer had DUI warrants. A Morrisville police officer was hospitalized Monday night following a multi-vehicle crash. It happened around 8.30 p.m. on Route 1 southbound 
near Route 13 in Bucks County. Authorities say Corporal Bill Smith was helping a disabled driver when the crash occurred, and the corporal was transported to an area hospital in stable condition with head and neck injuries. Juan Martinez of Trenton was identified as the driver of the striking vehicle that hit the officer. He was arrested for outstanding DUI warrants and a DUI suspended driver's license. Now, reckless driving is a constant threat for emergency responders along roadsides who risk injury or death while assisting others. In 2021, just two years ago, Pennsylvania's move-over law went into effect. Those who do not move over or slow down when approaching an emergency on the road face stiff fines. $500 for the first offense, $1,000 for the second, and two grand for the third. And there are additional fines of up to $10,000 for those who injure or kill an emergency service responder or a person in or near a disabled vehicle. If you can't move over, slow down. And this clown has a prior history of being a risk and being a danger behind the wheel, and now a police officer has been injured because of the reckless driving of a person who probably shouldn't be allowed behind a wheel again. Thankfully, this officer appears to be on his way to a full recovery and wasn't killed, which leads to a national story that is garnering headlines on Fox News where the officer in this case wasn't so lucky. And of course, the national media isn't obsessing over this because the identity politics don't align with their agenda of vilifying police over their interactions with offenders who don't identify as Caucasian. Headline, teen driver appears to intentionally hit and kill retired police chief in viral video filmed on social media. I want to play you the video and audio of these low-life pieces of garbage who filmed a public execution and took joy in it as if this was a video game on Xbox. Now, warning, this video and the little bit of audio that we have is disturbing. I'll describe if you can't see it on YouTube, but listen and watch. All right, go. Go, go, go. Hit me, move in. So let me explain to you what you just heard or perhaps saw on YouTube for those that are not watching. This retired officer is riding his bike in the right-hand lane going away from the filming of these individuals along the curb of the street. And these scumbags start recording on their smartphone as they are driving down the road and approaching the officer on his bike. The passenger is the one filming, and the video ends, for those that watched, just as they are about to hit the officer's rear bike tire. They killed this man. This was intentional. This was a premeditated public execution. And aggravating factors should apply here, as this man was a law enforcement officer, retired, obviously off-duty, in civilian clothing. And we are witnessing, in my opinion, the decay of society in the post-George Floyd era, where for some reason, teens and young adults or even career criminals who grew up in the summer of 2020 or remember that year have come to the sick, warped state of mind that police are somehow attackable and they deserve to have harm inflicted upon them. Democrats, the mainstream media, social justice warriors, and anybody else who supported the defund the police movement are complicit in all of this because they drove this narrative and somehow made it seem okay for minors, criminals, and lowlifes to have open season on cops. Here are some further details to this story. A laughing teenager appears to 
deliberately plow a stolen car, oh, by the way, into a retired police chief, Andreas Probst, in a fatal Las Vegas hit and run that has left his widow furious, according to a now viral video of the collision. Quote, it's not just about one victim. We as a nation are victims. We are victims of senseless crimes. The slain man's wife, Crystal Probst, told Fox uh, Fox News Digital in her first public statement since police announced a murder charge against the driver. Quote, we all need to show up and show our outrage in the courtrooms, end quote. And I feel so terribly for his wife, who lost her husband because a few punks on social media thought they were playing Grand Theft Auto and wanted to record a murder. Probst, 64, was on his morning bike ride when the teenager struck him on August the 14th at 6.04 a.m. in Las Vegas. The widow said her husband's murder is the latest example of the anarchy that prevails in many U.S. cities amid a backlash against police and a lack of accountability for criminals. The 17-year-old fled, and Probst, who was still alive at the time, was rushed to the hospital where he died of his injuries. Police tracked down the driver, who was not named due to his age, and booked him in Clark County Juvenile Hall on charges related to the hit and run. Two weeks later, police learned of the disturbing video, which has garnered a sickening 5.1 million views on a single Twitter account. The charges against the teenager were upgraded to murder based on the footage. The passenger who recorded the sick ambush is still at large. You know, it didn't used to be like this. But sadly today, this is the world we live in. I want to take a little trip down memory lane here just a few days ago when this story was discussed on Fox News as one of my favorite former prosecutors and judges, Judge Janine Pirro on The Five, roasted these low-life losers and put this into perspective. Take a listen and watch. Uh, but but this is a, a filming of a public execution, mm-hmm. okay, with no regard for the consequences. And this is not just repulsive and something that is not forgettable. You know, when Greg talks about the ISIS videos, and, you know, you, you, there are certain things you don't forget. But this is about the devolution of our society. I mean, this is more than just one case. This is a, they, we're in a place where murder is a sport where the video is your bravado, where the victim, the innocent, silent victim of crime is nothing more than collateral damage, and where no justice will ever be gotten for the victim or the victim's family. And that's all we're seeing now with this Generation Z that doesn't care about consequences, which to them now is a relatively new concept. And I'm going to spin off of what what Greg just talked about. The villains for the media to cover must be white or it didn't happen. So let's talk about the impact of George Floyd. This murderer was 17 years old, alleged murderer. The kid who hit him with the bike and said, yeah, let's get his ass. Okay? there's no question that this was an intentional murder. Now, at the time of George Floyd, he was 13 or 14. At the time of, uh, who was it, Michael Brown? Uh, yeah, hands up, don't shoot, which we knew was not accurate because Michael Brown reached for the cop's gun first. This kid was eight years old. All right. And so we watched businesses burn, neighborhoods burn, murder, mayhem, no consequences. America was under fire. And this is what we got. Until the pendulum swings back to sanity, this is what we have. Until we as a society collectively say enough is enough, law and order needs to be restored, criminals need to be locked up, 
punishment, incarceration, and incapacitation needs to happen because that's the only way you prevent crimes. This will continue to happen. So ask yourself this question. How many more officers or even innocent bystanders need to be injured or killed before we say, you know what? The criminal joyride, get out of jail for free card for the last three and a half years that has become a major issue in this country ends today and it's over. The time is now. Not not another innocent life, not another officer on duty, off duty, or retired. Not one. And that's the big take. The big take on Kale and Company. All right, if you have thoughts and reaction, 855-839-1210 is how you climb aboard. 855-839-1210 on Twitter and Instagram at 1210WPHT. And, of course, you can get involved on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe button and be a part of the Kalen Company comment community. We'll get some thoughts and reaction to that and then also a couple of other stories in the world of policing that I want to get to when we come back. It's Kalen Company live here on a Wednesday. Tony Bruno at 820. It's Nick, Dawn, and Greg on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. Cut sheet at 745. Tony Bruno at 820. Another keyword for Disney coming up at 950 this morning. Absolutely loaded show today. But I really wanted to focus the big take on police because there's been so many stories over the last 48 hours that we have talked about and heard about in the news in the world of policing. Uh, My uncle was a police officer, a narcotics detective for 27 years. Uh, And then yesterday, the great uh, John McNesby followed me on Twitter, who is uh, the president of the FOP Lodge 5. And then I'm thinking to Dawn's story about the officer that was struck while trying to help a routine traffic situation by a guy that's got a history of DUIs. We've got Mark Dial and the Eddie Irizarry story with bail. And then I see nationally this story about these two teenagers, one of them, I believe, 17 years old, who decide to steal a car, get in it, film a murder, and they weren't like like gunning for specifically this cop because this guy was 64, he was retired, he was riding his bike on a Sunday morning, but I don't know what possesses, Dawn, a, a 17-year-old that they've, they've made a carjacking. They get behind it. They go live on their social media. And the first individual they see going down the road with their back to them, they say, let's drive the car right into their back tire and have them fly up on the hood. They kill the guy. And oh, by the way, and it really shouldn't matter. But on top of it, this is a retired police chief who was going out on a Sunday morning bike ride like he normally does. A guy was married for 35 years, and now his wife is a widow. And Sick. and we live in this world where, like, somehow that is, I, I think Judge Janine said it, like, they glamorize it. Like, this is like a going out for, like, hunting a deer in the woods. It's sick. It really is. I've never, and, this, and I think this is a direct result of the last three and a half years where some people are like, ah, you know what? These cops, eh, a lot of them are crooked and bad. Who cares? Yeah, and I, I would like to know, I mean, now that they've they've caught them, they're under arrest, that they look at their juvenile record. Because mm-hmm. oftentimes that's the problem. They have, you know, we're hearing that this was the worst of what they've done, but a string of crimes, like you said, carjackings, and have they done violent things other times? We need to get them off the streets. I agree. And we have so many times now, I think, in the juvenile justice system, where they go light on these these teenagers, whether they're 
you know, 13 or 15 or 17 or whatever it is. I mean, I, I think we got to get to the point where you start getting tougher on the juveniles so that if there is a chance to rehabilitate them, you can get them in the right direction because we let them off the hook so many times. And, you know, you've got so many of these stories where it's like, well, wait a minute, this, this, this kid or even this adult, how many times do we see repeat offenders in big cities that are out that have, you know, priors? Remember, the guy, um, and I'm surprised we haven't heard much of this story lately in the world of police or uh, military. Remember our, our Marine buddy in New York on the subway that choked that guy who was a danger and a threat to people that were passengers on that subway. That guy had, what, over 40 prior arrests? Yes, including attacking. He usually did attack women. Mm-hmm. And, el- was, and the elderly. And, and senior citizens. Yep. And of all different ethnicities, it wasn't a racial thing, but they made it, of course, racial, charging the only white guy who was involved, even though there were other people mm-hmm. involved. But, you know, to your, the only thing I'm going to say in the, um, back to Chief Probst, I did look it up while you were talking. Mm-hmm. I am gl- thankful that they are going to charge those 17 year olds with murder as adults. Good. As they should. So, Thank you know. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. This is no longer in the juvenile system. I agree. I don't care that they're seventeen and not eighteen. Yeah. That's that's premeditated. I mean, you oh. steal a car and then like, hey, uh, let's go live on Instagram and then you know plow into somebody. Think, and I don't know if the intent was to kill, but the bottom line is that they wanted to inflict harm. And when you drive a vehicle into somebody on a bike, you're you change, you might kill him. You said something in the big take that I think is, is is very true. It was almost like it was a real life Grand Theft Auto. Mm-hmm. Like they were playing Grand Theft Auto. They had no regard for human life. None. They were just like, hey, we do this in in video games, and mm-hmm. they filmed it just like they're on Twitch. Yep. And it's just it's a it's a sickness. It's a it's a it's a sickness, and there's no rehabilitation for this. No. These 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 uh these animals need to be put away for forever yeah lock them up throw away the key they're yep. done they, yep. they shouldn't see the light of day again 855-839-1210 if you want to jump in uh two stories in the world of policing that are just bizarre and crazy that i want to get to here before we we get to the biden's coming up six forty-five. anxiety and fear setting in for the joe biden administration and the party as a whole we'll get to that in about 10 minutes um but i wanted to get to these two stories uh here's a headline from the blaze Police department will no longer share victims' gender to avoid misgendering and offending the LGBTQ plus community. <laughs> this is a true story. The Milwaukee Police Department. So another another relative. You no, know, Milwaukee's not Philadelphia, but it's a relatively b- decent sized city. Uh, they announced last Wednesday that it would no longer share a victim's gender in order to avoid so-called misgendering after pressure from LGBT activists. During the same announcement, the department also noted it would no longer list the victim's race. So we're not going to reveal the gender in fear of misgendering, and we're no longer going to reveal the victim's race. We're not talking about the, the perpetrators here or the criminals. We're talking about the victims and identity politics once again in play. The policy changes only apply to information released proactively, and it will not impact open records or crime stats. The policy, as I said, will also not apply to crime suspects. The MPD's chief of staff, Heather Hugh, called the policy change, quote, a way to preserve the dignity and privacy of all victims. You know, you talked about, you want to talk about dignity and stuff. So we're not going to enforce law and order. We're not going to arrest people, prosecute people. And require bail, but we're going to focus on the identity 
politics and identity politics protection of the victims. She went on to say that the MPD wants to ensure the best service possible for our entire community. I don't know about you, but when I think about service of police officers, I think of how active they are, how well they enforce laws, how clean they keep the streets, how they stop or mitigate and reduce crime or respond very quickly and swiftly in the community. Earlier in the year, the MPD's L oh, so here we go. So this explains everything. The MPD's LGBTQ liaison, Sergeant Guadalupe Velasquez, requested the policy change after the department released a report in 2022 that misgendered a total of three transgender identifying individuals in the city. Oh my God. The officers didn't know if it was a guy or a girl in a city that probably has close to a million people. There were three misgenderings, and we got to do this new policy. Quote, Velasquez says, we don't want to make a traumatic experience for a family worse. So let's think about this. You've been carjacked, but God forbid the officers are confused over the victim's gender, so now the trauma is magnified tenfold. This makes the job of police a little easier. You think so? Because basically what they're saying is... um, you don't just don't deal with it, but, right? Well, so yeah. You're filling out your report, and you don't have to put anything. Yeah, I guess. And then later, when they do the public records, somebody does have to put something in there. Well, and therein lies but, the sticking point with this story. Right? Uh, Bill Luters, the president of the Wisconsin Freedom of Information Council, called the policy a terrible idea and argued that the public has a right to know about the victim demographics and also saying, does the public really not have a right to know if minorities, for instance, are disproportionately victims of crime? Does it not have the right to know if people are being killed because of their gender? So in, in, in a way... Now you're not you're no longer providing these stats and information in this data to back up a claim mm-hmm. of a transgender person was targeted in in a crime mm-hmm. or a minority or a person of a certain race or religion. So we we want like this equality for everybody, but in the fear of misgendering, now we will not provide that information, which I think you're almost cutting off your nose despite your face here. Yes. In the world that we're living in. Yeah, because now the media won't know in other words, when they're first releasing it, so here in Philadelphia, remember we had um, a transgender woman who was murdered mm-hmm. immediately. I mean, all these women being attacked, mowed down in Philadelphia, biological women. But all of a sudden, there was a transgender. It was a tragedy. Yep. And who holds a news conference? D.A. Larry Krasner. Right. Under that law, Krasner couldn't hold that news conference. Right. So I would think this would not go along with the transgender community. Well, yeah, possibly. You know what right. I mean? And then also, to your point, then the mainstream media doesn't cover a lot of these stories because they can't sit there and say, okay, well, that fits the agenda or that fits the narrative. There's the identity politics we look for. There's the story we post that gets clicks. That's what we lead with on the news, and that's what we center all of our coverage around to create this belief that you know certain groups are continuously under attack when st- statistically that's not true. Mm-hmm. So thought that was interesting. And then lastly, um, you know, a lot of us that, uh, you know, do anything remotely active or exercise probably own a piece or, of, or two of Nike apparel. But the iconic Nike store, which, of course, Nike was founded by Phil Knight, Pacific Northwest, 
uh, opened almost 40 years ago in 1984 in Portland, Oregon. Well, they are now officially closing because they can't control the crime in their city, in their store at this iconic landmark, which really goes along with a lot of things that we've talked about in these big cities. You've heard the stories about the Targets and the Walmarts closing up, the Coles uh, in San Francisco locking up deodorants because people come in and are looting and rioting. Uh, but apparently nobody feels protected in Portland anymore, not even Nike. Uh, Nike's flagship store in Portland reportedly stayed closed after suffering a wave of theft and crime last year in 2022. And now months later, here we are in 2023, the iconic store located in a historically black neighborhood, is deciding that in the best interest of safety for Nike's employees, Nike's business, and those in the community around the store, the store will remain closed. They had a total of 276 instances of shoplifting just last year, the last time they were open. They didn't even complete the calendar year of 2022, and they had 276 accounts of theft and thieves coming in and stealing things. And once again, another progressive mayor in Portland, Ted Wheeler, uh, apparently denied requests to speak. Nike asked that he speak on behalf of what's going on because you're a company doing business in somebody's town. You want to know that the, the town leaders, the city officials, are going to ensure that your business can operate effectively which, if you think about it, in some ways we can localize this and come back here to Philadelphia. The, the gas station in North Philly now hiring armed security guards. We just told you Monday the cheesesteak spot gyms having to hire Pennsylvania State Police trained armed guards so that when uh, John and Joe decide to go get a whiz wit, they feel like when they wait in line, they're not going to be mugged or be uh, shot or attacked. It's, re- it's remarkable where we are with policing. Think about all the resources that are being used, all the money that's being spent, all the businesses that are closing, all of all of this, all because you have these DAs in these big cities yeah. that won't prosecute criminals, and yeah. these criminals feel like they can get away with whatever the hell they want to. It's free reign. It, and it, and they know. I've never seen, you know, there's always been crime in cities. Yes. Like, that's nothing new. Yeah. Correct. But, but there is, it does seem to me like there there's just this blatant disregard for people just go into stores they film it Mm -hmm. nobody stops them they take whatever the hell they want to and they leave and there's no there's no consequences we're all parents on this show and we all know that when you have kids kids they test you right if if your son or your daughter knows you're not going to punish them or Mm -hmm. you're going to go light on them or you're going to take their device away for five minutes they'll still do it yeah now you take that device away for a week they'll think second about it they'll think twice about it the next time around you would hope yep and the criminals are the same way yep they know they're getting a slap on the wrist and they're going to keep doing it i just i don't know how we get i mean the answer is is that we have uh, a criminal justice system and a DA that enforces laws and and throws the book at these That's correct. these animals. But but we we keep voting them in. I know. I so know. what are we doing? Yep. This is what happens when you vote with your feelings. It, it's it's you know it's it, it's this lose lose situation where That's we can't correct. we feel. Like, we can't do anything about it. And, you know, to localize this again, they're coming to the, it's coming to the suburbs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we can't just write it off as, well, it's a city problem now. Yeah. They're they're coming into the suburbs. Yeah. 
And that's why people continue to migrate further and further away from big cities. Well, I I moved to Plymouth Meeting. Well, that's only 10 minutes from the city. Now, all of a sudden, I'm up in Bucks County. I'm 35 minutes away because I don't want to deal with it. And it just pushes people further and further away. It does. 855-839-1210. Coming up next, the Biden administration is beginning to feel the heat, anxiety, and fear kicking in for Joe and co. We'll get to that as we continue. It's Kale and Company live here on this Wednesday morning on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Thursday night football. You can hear it uh, right here on 1210 WPHD starting at 730 tomorrow night. The New York Giants and the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are uh, favored, obviously, minus 10 in that. I, at, at San Francisco, I would I would take the points on that, minus 10. San Francisco. Let's look to Monday, since it seems like an eternity since the Eagles uh, have played again. Uh, we'll play again against at Tampa Bay. It's a minus five and a half. I would take the Eagles minus five and a half on that as well. Get ready to start the NFL week off right. Right now, all customers can get no, uh, no sweat same game parlay for Thursday night football. Just place a three leg same game parlay on this week's game between the Giants and the 49ers, which you can hear right here on 1210 WPHD, and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. NFL same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at an even bigger payday. You can build your own or choose from one of the popular same game parlays pre built for you in FanDuel's top rated sportsbook app. All you have to do is go to fanduel.com slash Greg. So you don't miss out on your chance to get a no sweat same game parlay on America's number one sports book in partnership with Valley Forge Casino. FanDuel Sportsbook is the official partner of 1210 WPHT and he's the official partner of the NFL. 21 and over President PA. Refund issued is non withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. Next refund $5 unless otherwise specified. Restrictions apply. See terms of sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem. Gambling problem. Call 1 800 Gambler. This is the Kale and Company Podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Nick Kale, Don Stenzel, and Greg Stocker. Tony Bruno coming up at 820 this morning. Get Bruno's thoughts on the new Senate wardrobe with Fetterman that has been dominating the news. Also, Tony's take on uh, Lauren Boebert, McNabb joining OutKick. And also our Virginia Democrat with the sex video, and we said this was going to happen. How soon until she plays the victim card? Well, she's playing the victim card now. So we'll get Bruno's thoughts on that and a handful of other things, including, because Tony knows what it's like to be banned, canceled, and censored. Get Tony's thoughts on uh, YouTube shutting down Russell Brand, which is a wild story, in my opinion, where despite what the allegations might be, they're only allegations at this point. They demonetized them. I know. And, and it's for, yeah, to your point, for allegations. Yes, and yeah. it could be true. And yep. like whatever happened to no waiting idea. for the charges and then the process to play out. No due process. None whatsoever. Yeah, he's he's guilty in the minds of YouTube. And look, they're, you know, they're a private company. They can do whatever the hell they want to. Yep. But um, it, it, it it's just a sad state that we're at that you – he's he, – you know, because some British tabloid writes something from something ten, fifteen years ago that might or well, might not have happened. Well, the, it, well, the timeline doesn't matter. But, but to your point, it doesn't. We don't know if it happened or right. not. And and it's it's guilt until proven innocent. Yes, 
the presumption presumption of innocence is just gone. <laughs> yeah, in this country. Otherwise. Yeah, Until exactly. otherwise. Exactly. Uh, 855-839-1210. Some Biden stuff here for the next 20, 25 minutes or so. We'll do a little bit here and then more after the news in the 7 o'clock hour. But anxiety starting to set in with the Democratic Party over Joe Biden. Very interesting column from MSNBC where they say a growing number of polls are showing voters that are concerned about President Biden's age and energy. Democratic lawmakers have hesitated hesitated to offer full-throated endorsements of his running mate prominent commentators have ruminated on whether he should drop out of the presidential race but they go on to say this series of political vulnerabilities along with house republicans announcing an impeachment inquiry and the justice department indicting biden's son on gun charges is now sending waves of anxiety through parts of the democratic party as some are fretting about whether the man who helped oust donald trump from the white house may not have the vitality at 80 to successfully prevent a return. Uh, Here's a quote. He is in a period of his life where passing and death is imminent, said Sharon Sueda, the leader of the Democratic Party in Lorain County, Ohio, who said she often hears from voters worried about the president's potential frailty. Quote, we are all on a ticking clock, but when you're at the age he is or at Trump's age, That clock is ticking a little faster, and that is a major concern for us and for our voters. Quote, such Washington whispers have become far too common among bedwetting Democrats, said Jim Messina, who ran Barack Obama's 2012 campaign and recently put together a 24 slide deck aiming to calm the jitters, which he sent to prominent Democratic office holders saying, quote, I'm not saying this is going to be easy and he's fine. Look, America is split right down the middle. Both parties are going to get 46%, and we're going to be fighting over the rest. It's very interesting when he lays it out that way, and it kind of coincides with a lot of the polling numbers that we're seeing, how close it is right now between Trump and Biden, where, all right, 46% here, 46% there. It's legitimately, like we talked about yesterday, when we were playing some of the trump Megan Kelly audio and the trump Kristen Welker audio, that, hey... There's going to be a few issues amongst a few people who might be still undecided, who might be moderate, who might be independent, and we might have a few swing states and a few votes that decide this whole thing, and it could come down to things like abortion. It could come down to, can a man become a woman, when really it should come down to the economy, the border, and some crime issues. But that's how close this thing really feels right now. But interesting to see that The anxiety is kicking in for the Democrats now because they know that this thing is it's really ramping up against Joe. And you can feel you can see like momentum is something that you really can't see, but you just sense it and you feel it. There's no momentum for Joe Biden right now. Yeah. And you look, you know, to your point, Nick, you look at even yesterday in New York with him addressing the United Nations, like in New York, he's getting booed because he ignored the migrant issue. Yes. And they're furious. And then I just found it was fa- fascinating as well. You know, Governor Phil Murphy, who was from the private sector, but man, he's a political animal. He was supposed to take, what, 40,000, 60,000 immigrants to help New York mm-hmm. at the Atlantic City Airport. And he was like, oh, heck to the no, New Jersey. You know what I mean? He was yeah. like, I'm not touching this one. Right. And said, nope, I guess they're not a sanctuary city anymore. Yep. Be- because he sees what's happening. Uh-huh. And you wonder, is this going to flip right. New York State? I mean, Kathy Hochul, she's done. Yeah. They're governor, right? Right. 
And so uh, you look at, I think that's why he didn't want to go to New York, as we talked about, mm-hmm. for, for um, the September 11th commemoration. Didn't want to be there for 9-11. Doesn't want to help out Mayor Eric Adams with mm-hmm. the migrant crisis. They spent the day in New York with the U.N. with Zelensky and Biden, uh, Biden touting climate change fear. That was what they did yesterday, so wild. Uh, 855-839-1210. Joe has some fear. Biden fears that he might die before Hunter's legal woes are resolved. We'll get to that story after the news. Dawn will kick off the hour with some news when we come back. It's Kale and Company. Hour 2 is next on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Start your day with Kale and Company. Weekday mornings 6 till 10 on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app.